okay, so six years ago, you had 200 coins, and that amounted to about $100 back then. Right now, Ethereum is worth $2,314 per coin. Correct. Have you done the math as to how much that adds up to today? $462,000. That's a lot of money. That is. So tell us why you are not $462,000 richer today. Because I forgot my password to the computer. I mean, here's the thing. You are a very smart person. That is very clear. How did you do something so dumb? I mean, I never thought it was going to blow up. It was just a dream, just a random coin. From Ramsey Network, this is The Fine Print, a show where we talk about the hidden truths that are keeping you broke. I'm George Camel, and in every episode, I do the research for you on the latest financial trends and traps to help save you time and money. This week, we're talking about the Wild West of cryptocurrency. It's like a modern-day gold rush, minus the old-timey saloon fights. They do those on Twitter now. Oh, and that guy you heard from in the intro was a 17-year-old kid who's trying to access some buried virtual treasure to the tune of almost half a million dollars worth of crypto. If you've watched the news or breathed in the last 10 minutes, you've probably heard some buzz around cryptocurrency. Maybe it was strange words like Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Ethereum, NFT, mining, digital ledger, blockchain technology, hashing, smart contracts, and of course, my personal favorite word, non-fungible. Don't you dare try and fund it. Thousands upon thousands of cryptocurrencies are out there, and new ones are popping up every day, which has got a lot of people trying to get in on the action. In fact, over 3.5 million people search for the term Bitcoin every month. And while it may seem like everyone and their mom is getting in on crypto, our research shows that only 4% of Americans have actually bought into it. And it's not just everyday people jumping in on the action. Celebrities like Elon Musk, Snoop Dogg, Mark Cuban, and even Paris Hilton are creating more FOMO for those not yet aboard the crypto train. And it's not without good reason. Cryptocurrency's value has exploded in the last few years, and some people have made out like bandits. According to MarketWatch, the price of Bitcoin has increased by 750% since the beginning of 2020. Those numbers are enough to get anyone riled up about this digital money. And with any frenzy comes some crazy decisions. All it takes is a quick Google search to find stories of people who are taking out second mortgages on their house to buy crypto. Even pro athletes are betting big on the stuff, signing endorsement deals that pay in Bitcoin. So to figure out the fine print behind cryptocurrency and whether or not you should be putting your money into it, I talked to a whole bunch of people. And as I tend to do, I started with strangers on the streets of Nashville, joined by fellow Ramsey personality, Courtney Dykstrahouse. You guys know about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, all that stuff? Heard of Bitcoin. Heard of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heard of it. How do you explain Bitcoin? You, Elon Musk likes it, so it must be the future. First thoughts, Bitcoin, go. Uh, I still don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, what's the point? I don't get it. Yeah. What do you know about cryptocurrency? Uh, pretty much the same thing that anybody else knows that reads the headlines. That some people made some money back in the day when cryptocurrency was going crazy like three years ago. First initial reaction when I say cryptocurrency go. 
Venmo. <laughs> Venmo? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing goes through my mind. Have you heard of Bitcoin? Yes, yes. Okay. What is? My brothers used it before. Okay. What do you guys know? What Bitcoin is? If you could explain it. No. no. <laughs> oh, this is gonna make it sound so stupid. <laughs> okay. If you could describe it as of what you know right now, how would you describe it? I have nothing. I, I literally I've associated it with like the dark web. I don't know. I thought it was like Ooh. a bad thing, but I don't know. Mysterious. So then it made me think it was okay. I like, it's <laughs> like I feel yeah. like it is illegal. <laughs> If you're like those people and you're confused, that means you're normal. Cryptocurrency is a pretty complex idea involving all kinds of new technology. So to try to get the cookies on the bottom shelf for all of us, I searched high and low for a guy who could help explain this to me. That guy is Steve Olsher. Over the years, Steve has been a jack of all trades when it comes to writing, coaching, speaking, and media. He currently serves as the founder and editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine. And he happens to be super into cryptocurrency and super into helping me understand it once and for all. So how would you explain, like I'm five years old, what is cryptocurrency? Uh, so to a five-year-old, I would simply say uh, that cryptocurrency is a store of value. It, it is the opportunity with which to invest in a non governmental regulated for lack of a better term we can call it a currency it, it is currency that is outside of the the realm of governmental control and it's really dictated by the people in terms of what its value actually is i mean that's about as simple as i've heard it so <laughs> how do you actually see cryptocurrency the way that cryptocurrency works today is in in one of two specific ways so are marketplaces like Coinbase, like Coinbase just went public. This is a place where you can open up an account. You can buy and sell cryptocurrency on that platform. Much as you would do with stocks on E-Trade, you can buy and sell cryptocurrency on Coinbase. The other way that more sort of sophisticated owners of cryptocurrency typically hold their coin, hold their assets would be in what's known as a digital ledger. And if you think about it in terms of uh, kind of like a thumb drive, you know how you plug a, a thumb drive into your computer? That's basically what it is, but the level of encryption on it is far superior to that of a typical thumb drive. You can pull off all of those zeros and ones that represent your ownership of a particular piece of that coin and move it onto that device that you could take out Maybe put it in a in a in a lockbox, you know that sort of thing. Go down to your bank and and literally just put it in there, your safety deposit box, and call it a day. The only downside of that is if you forget your password that gets you into that digital device, all of the cryptocurrency that you own, you might as well not even own it. So it seems like there is immense risk. Just in the, I mean, we're forgetful people, you know, like my mother-in-law can't keep track of a single password. She's mm. not the right demographic for cryptocurrency. Yeah. So the, re the reality is that I believe everyone should have a portion of their portfolio being held in some sort of cryptocurrency at this point, because the dollar, and this is a, a U.S.-based program, although I know we have global listeners here, the dollar as an example there was a point in time where my dad would give me a quarter to go into the 7-Eleven to buy 
a candy bar. And I can't even go into a 7-Eleven with that same quarter and grab a couple of Hershey's Kisses, right? It's just the nature of the game. Inflation rates are 3 to 4% every single year, which means that that same dollar depreciates in value. So, so the question is, what do you do to see a meaningful appreciation on your hard-earned income that you've brought in over the years? And this is, again, if we just think about cryptocurrency as, as a storing of value that has the potential for appreciation, that might get people to warm up a little bit to what the concept is. Well, that's the scary part to me is this idea that it is this wild, wild west. There's no rules. There's no regulation. Yeah. Have you heard horror stories of people who bought at a certain price and it went down or they thought Dogecoin was going to be the next thing and it went down? What are those risks that are real? Those are the real risks. It can go to zero. So, I mean, you don't invest what you can't afford to lose. It is a risk just like anything else. But at the same token, let's not be foolish enough to think that there aren't risks in any other sort of investment. You can look at stocks as an example. There is inherent risk in anything, but there are people who are much smarter than, than me. There are people who are much smarter than you. And there are people who have a lot of money that are putting a lot of money into cryptocurrency. And if they're putting their money where their mouth is, uh, on a much smaller scale, so am I. Like Steve said, the rich and famous are putting their money where their mouth is, but should you be putting your money where their mouth is? Ugh. I don't know that anyone should put money where someone else's mouth is, especially if you don't fully understand what you're putting your money into. And if we're being real, crypto is not easy to understand. The simplest way I can put it is this. Cryptocurrency is digital money that can be traded with anyone in any part of the world at any time. Nobody knows for sure, but rumor has it, crypto was born out of a reaction to the 2008 recession where tons of people were losing their jobs, their homes, and a whole lot of money. Meanwhile, the government was bailing out big banks and corporations who were a big part of the problem. Understandably, it pissed off a whole bunch of people, inspiring one anonymous group to create this online currency, putting the power back in the people's hands instead of individual governments. And even if it wasn't inspired by the crisis, the timing of its launch only helped it gain popularity. And with that popularity comes extreme volatility. The problem is, for every person striking it rich, there's way more who are striking out. And a big reason why is because crypto is only worth what people are willing to pay for it at any given moment. And that extreme volatility is why cryptocurrency is like taking a spin at the roulette table in Vegas. And when you're sitting at that table, it's easy to lose sight of reality and become addicted to the thrill of the game. In moments like that, we all need a sober-minded friend to pull us away from the table and walk us back down from the ledge. And for 30 years now, for millions of Americans, that sober-minded friend has been Dave Ramsey. He's a radio host, financial expert, and multimillionaire who once went broke trying to get rich quick. These days, he's helping millions of everyday people get rich the slow and steady way instead. Over the years, he's answered lots of calls on the question you still might be asking yourself. Should I be betting on cryptocurrency? Here's the answer straight from the horse's mouth in a clip from his show. Well, if you haven't heard, we're in the middle of a modern-day gold rush. Bitcoin is quite the thing. Mike on Twitter says, can you talk me off the ledge? Bitcoin looks so tempting, but I know that get-rich-quick stuff hardly ever works. Well, I can tell you as someone who has gotten rich quick and then lost everything that it doesn't work. Get-rich-quick doesn't. 
It's that simple. I'm not mad at you if you do those things. I just do not get a personal recreational thrill out of losing money. It's not enjoyable to me. I'm more conservative than that. Fiscally conservative, politically too, but fiscally, financially conservative. I don't like to lose money. I work too hard for it. And losing it is not an entertainment item for me. So I'm not against it morally. I'm not against it ethically. I'm not against it theologically. I just do not get personally get a thrill out of, you know, rolling dice and see if I make money. It's not, it's not thrilling to me. And that probably because I lost everything in my 20s and I had to start again and money is just too hard to come by and I don't want to do that. That's a personal thing. Now, the philosophical thing, though, is this. Anytime you're chasing easy money, you're going to get bit. It's way up. Some of you, if you cashed out today, would have done very, very well playing with Bitcoin. And congratulations. I hope you make a bunch of money. And I hope your fantasy football team comes through and you make 100000 on that that you put 1000 into. I hope that works out for you. But as a philosophy of running your portfolio, don't do something stupid like this thing right here. CNBC is reporting people are now taking out mortgages to buy Bitcoin. This is a Bitcoin is in the mania phase, this article says, which it is. People have lost their freaking minds. But some people are even borrowing money to get in on the action. So some of you are, are you, you're enamored by the fact that this is technology. It's not even technology. It's cryptocurrency. It's a technology-based currency, obviously. But currency is based on trust. The only reason you can trade a coin with the president's face on it or a green piece of paper with the president's face on it for goods or services is because the person taking it knows they can trade it. That's called trust in the economy. Trust in the flow of currency. We value gold, but the only reason we value them instead of gravel out of your driveway is because of the rarity and because there's this common thread that says we're willing to accept them and trade them. And that's the only reason Bitcoin will work. I think it will work long term. I think it's going to be okay. Before it does, it's going to break some of you, though, because it's going to go down as fast as it went up. It may go up some more before it does that. But you're going to get to experience that he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished long before Bitcoin is stabilized and made an integral part of the world economy. If one thing is clear from Dave, it's that crypto's wild volatility makes it a bad long-term investment. That volatility means a lot of people are trying to time the market to buy and sell at just the right time. And while that adrenaline rush can be exhilarating, it can also be exhausting and addicting. Courtney Dykstrahouse knows those feelings all too well. You'll recognize that name because she's a Ramsey personality like me, whose voice you heard earlier in the show. And a few years back, she admittedly got sucked into the black hole of crypto. Courtney, you are no stranger to <laughs> cryptocurrency. So tell me when your, your crypto journey began. Well, the journey started in 2017. I was working in Tampa in the news and I got my big girl job with big girl dollars. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to invest in crypto and I'm going to make even more money. And it was enticing because of how quickly you could make money. And I bought into the ads as well. So when I was on social media, the ads that I had at that time were for cryptocurrency, and I just kept seeing, you need to get into crypto. You can make millions. And it was 
it was always this fear of if I didn't, what would I be missing out on? And so you had the FOMO, the fear of missing oh, out. I have severe FOMO in every way in life, but money is also one of those facets that yes, I was like, and I you need to fell do this. for this cryptocurrency <laughs> online course to get rich quick. Get rich and to quick, you, there was baby. no red flags. Uh, there, there could have been red flags, but it wasn't enough for me to care. Let's say that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to spend $500 on this course. Like, you totally. paid $500 for a course to help you understand cryptocurrency. Correct. <laughs> so how much money did you put into cryptocurrency and what was it? Well, I'm, I'm going to include the program. I put in a total of $800. So so how much money did you end up making from this? Yeah. What did that turn into as um, far as the value? Yes. So it turned into 1500 but I didn't pull it out in time. I didn't trade in time because, I mean, you could be trading every minute, every hour, every six hours. I mean, It's and, a full-time job. Yeah, because people all over the world are trading at these times. It's not just for people in your country. There are people that you're trading with from different times of the world. And so, of course, you want to be on top of, okay, oh my gosh, somebody just sold this coin. I could snag it right now, but it's, you know, one in the morning. Oh my gosh, well, if I don't, I'm going to wake up and then it's already going to be gone or the price is going to be a lot higher. And so, yeah, I mean, you definitely can get addicted. I became addicted to seeing the numbers fluctuate so quickly because then I could I could trade and then buy and then trade, sell and buy, sell and buy, sell and buy. And you could start to see these numbers climb. Um, so it's just like climbing and you're getting so excited. But if you don't trade at the right time, then it could just come right back down in, in, in quite literally a minute. Like it doesn't, it takes no time for a coin to just drop. Quick you were like a mad scientist. This feels <laughs> like it's insane. How much time was this sucking from your life? Um, I did it all day after I got home from work for a while. I did it from, I mean, I got home, I was working in the news then. So I got home at 10 a.m. And, um, and then I would day trade for a long time time. I mean, until I had to go to bed sometimes. What if you had spent that, I don't know, working and <laughs> doing an actual job to bring in money? Like, don't you think you could have made oh, more man. money if you had just yeah, probably. used that time more wisely? It was this weird thing, George, where I wasn't, this is a two-answer response. It was one, fun. So I would have rather done that because it was addictive to me. And then two, I was still wanting to win quicker than what maybe another side hustle would get me. It's like, well, I'm not going to go and work whatever 10 hours and get paid $15 an hour when I could maybe make $1,000 tonight. Like, I was really banking on making a big profit. But here's where the issue came into play at toward the end where, you know, I started fading out of it. But when I finally saw, I was like, yes, $1,500, look at this. And then I came back like two days later and it was nothing. Like I, no more money. And it defeated me because I didn't pull out at the right time or I didn't trade at the right time to make the money. And I was like, this sucks. Like, I don't want, this is dumb. So do you regret investing in crypto? Yes, because I, <laughs> I did it and I had debt and I thought that I was going to get rich quick. 
And I didn't. And I really bought into that. Like, I really wanted to believe that. I really did. Yeah. There's a lot of themes in there. But there's definitely this anxiety to it all. It's mm-hmm. There is fun. Mm-hmm. But you don't know if the roller coaster has a has a fun ending where you <laughs> where you land back and you get out of the seat and you go that was fun let's do that again. Yeah. We think of it in the same way that we think about the lottery when why do we buy the tickets because we want to take that whatever percentage chance that just but what if? maybe we could be the one who takes home the cheddar and you're always doing these moves in anticipation of what could happen versus making a plan that will set you up for what will happen if you are wise. Like this, you if you invest into your 401k or a Roth IRA, you will make a lot of money at the end of your life. But with cryptocurrency, I mean, at least for me, I, I made zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> That's Negative. called a bad Negative. ROI, kids. Return oh, on investment. If time is money, then Courtney lost both. And adults aren't the only ones losing time and money. Because there's no regulation, teenagers are getting in on this too, even though most exchanges mandate a minimum age of 18. So how are they doing it? Well, just Google how to get crypto as a teen, and you'll be flooded with blogs and YouTube videos to help you skirt the system. One of those kids is 17-year-old Alay. Years ago, he decided to see if he could strike it rich by getting into crypto. You'll recognize his voice. He's the guy we heard from at the top of the show who forgot his old computer password and now can't access $462,000 worth of cryptocurrency. So why should you care about this kid who can't even remember the password to his computer? Because that's who you're competing against. 14-year-olds who are too smart for their own good have way too much time on their hands and don't understand the real-life consequences. And while you're at work, they're at home playing on their computers causing your digital wallet to go haywire. And that's why you should care. Here's a bit more of a story. Give me the the quick elevator pitch as to how you got into cryptocurrency. Well, I mean, I guess I got into it just like everyone else. You kind of just hear about it and you're like, well, what's this? Uh, my parents always made me pay for my things and I couldn't get a job when I was younger. So I'd always find ways to make, you know, money. I was like mowing lawns for neighbors. And uh, I got the start by like playing video games. Like, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Team Fortress 2. There's a skin market in the games where you can have like skins for your characters and guns, and then they would they would cost money for the items. So I just started messing around, selling, trading, and over time, like that love for trading and selling and making money as a as a child basically stepped up. And then when I learned about cryptocurrency, I was like, "Whoa, this is cool!" And then you kind of just research it mostly through YouTube videos. And I heard about Ethereum, and obviously Bitcoin wasn't as big as it is today, but it was still pretty big, and I couldn't afford <laughs> that much of it. But Ethereum was going for like cents. I think it was around 30, 40, 50 cents at the time. I don't really remember. And then I watched this YouTube video tutorial about how to mine it. And so what I did is I would join it with a bunch of other miners on their computers. And then at the end of the day, you'd all get a bunch of their shares of Ethereum of what everyone mined. It'd be split up, right? So did your parents know that you were doing this? Yeah, they knew. Uh, they actually figured out because um, my dad walked in one time and he was like, yeah, what are you doing? And he saw a bunch of scripts on the screen. I was like, oh, I'm mining. They didn't really know what I was talking about, so I kind of explained it a bit. I don't say they were proud, but they were like, I guess... Impressed? Kind of happy. Yeah, impressed is the word. But Wow. I'd be, yeah, I feel like I, there'd be a little bit of pride of like, wow, my, my kid's going to be okay. He's hacking into the mainframe. If I can just keep him out of jail, <laughs> we can use this for good. Yeah. 
let's talk about this Ethereum. So you are about 14 years old, and how much yeah. Ethereum were you getting? Like, I'd say half, like half of a coin a day or something like that. Okay, so how much Ethereum did you end up with? So I think it's around 200, something like that. And then obviously all the decimals. Wow, so at the time... What did that amount to? So Ethereum was going for around like 30, 40, 50 cents. And it obviously fluctuate as the day goes on, as the hour goes on, as all cryptocurrencies do. Okay. So 200 at, let's say, 50 cents. We're talking about $100. Right now, Ethereum is worth $2,314 per coin. Correct. Have you done the math as to how much that adds up to today? Yeah, $400,000. $462,000. That's a lot of money. That is. So tell us why you are not $462,000 richer today. Because I forgot my password to the computer. Three different passwords. And you get, you get kind of mixed up between them. And like I said, I forgot about the Ethereum until a while ago. It was kind of just sitting there. And you just had these Ethereum, which were worth about 100 bucks. So you weren't very concerned at the time. You were like, all right, I got these coins from mining, whatever. Yeah, that was like like a get-rich-quick scheme where I could use the money. I couldn't use them at all. I was this weekend. high school. It was, a, it was a big year. Big year. Wow. So let me get this straight. There's a password. Is it like a long string of numbers? No, it's, it's the password to the computer. So You know how to mine cryptocurrency in a virtual group environment but you don't know how to get into your laptop? Correct, because it's one password. You know, with a, with, with a computer password, if you don't know it, you don't know it. Well, I hope you find what you're looking for, and by that I mean $462,000. Do <laughs> yeah. uh, get in touch, call us back. We want to know what you're going to do with it and where you're going to take us out to dinner. Oh, yeah, 100. I'll come up to Nashville right now. I mean, if... If I could get it out. I'm, in, I'm very invested now in you finding these uh, this password and getting those files. Good luck, buddy. If there's any thread to be found between Gen Z and boomers, it's that whether you're a 17-year-old kid or my mother-in-law, nobody can freaking remember their passwords. At the end of the day, cryptocurrency is not a bad thing. It's not a dumb thing. It's just a complicated thing. It's a risky, stressful, confusing, time-consuming, and anxiety-inducing thing. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking to add any more of those things to my life. So back to the original question. Should you be buying into cryptocurrency? Well, I think there's a time and place for something like this. Let's start with timing. We don't recommend you put any money into anything, crypto or otherwise, until you're completely out of debt and have socked away three to six months of expenses in savings. Even then, once you've got those things done, we want you to invest 15% of your income into less risky options. Once you've got those bases covered and have some extra money burning a hole in your pocket, then you can throw some of that fun money into crypto. Keyword there, fun. As long as you're okay losing whatever money you put in, and as long as it's coming out of the entertainment category of your budget, then at least you have the right mindset around this stuff. Remember the tortoise and the hare? Slow and steady wins the race every time. The hare's real confident that he's going to win this thing and get rich quick with Dogecoin. He looks flashy making his trendy money moves, posting on Instagram every time he makes a buck. But in the end, 
he loses the race. And all of that money and time and energy and stress and anxiety made the hare a real jerk to be around. The tortoise, on the other hand, plays the long game. Every year, he consistently invests in good growth stock mutual funds that have a proven track record of success through something boring like a company 401k or a Roth IRA. Years later, the tortoise has millions of dollars that was largely built on autopilot. The hare, on the other hand, is still chasing its tail, jumping on every new trend, trying to make their next buck. And guys, I get it. The FOMO is real. You might still be sitting there thinking, but it feels like everyone's trading crypto. What if I miss out on a million dollars because I didn't get in on it? Forget about FOMO. What I want you to have is JOMO, the joy of missing out. The joy of knowing you're getting rich slow instead of going broke real quick. We've got to think long-term. Investing is a marathon, not a sprint, which is why cryptocurrency should never be a part of your long-term investment strategy. If you remember anything from this episode, it probably won't be how blockchain technology works. So let it be this. Don't put your money where someone else's mouth is. Maybe think twice, even three times, before putting your eggs in the crypto basket. If you're wanting to invest your money the right way and you want to actually understand what you're putting your money into, check out Ramsey Smartvester. It's our free service that gives you a list of up to five trustworthy investing professionals in your area. These pros will guide you along a tortoise-style investing journey. It's fast, it's easy, and it's free. To see the list of pros in your area, text the word FINEPRINT6, all one word, to the number 33789. That's FINEPRINT followed by the numeral 6 to the number 33789. Or you can always click the link in the show notes. You've been listening to The Fine Print. If you've enjoyed it, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and share it with a friend. Our show is produced by Chris Wright, Madison Browder, Eric Cheslevich, and Chris Dean. Our associate producer is Amanda Rogers. This episode was engineered and mixed by Will Rudder. Special thanks to Joel Delgado for help on writing and research. Our executive producer is Blake Thompson. I'm George Camel, and in the wild west of crypto, remember the words that cowboy Will Rogers once famously said. The quickest way to double your money is to fold it over and put it back into your pocket. Fine print listeners, we want to hear from you. Yeah, you. If you've got a story of falling for a money trap, believing a money myth, or not reading the fine print, give us a call and tell us all about it. You can call us at 855-855-5776. That's 855-855-5776. Or you can always email us at thefineprint at ramseysolutions.com. And to make life easy for you, we've got all that info in the episode show notes.